Hey everyone, welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Eliza Kelly, and today I am with a very special guest, especially because usually we are meeting in Los Angeles, but today we're on my turf in New York City. I'm here with Remington Donovan, who is a mystic, uh, my go-to numerologist. So whenever I get requests for a numerologist, this is the dude I will be sending you to. And I am so excited to talk to you. Thank you for being here. Um, Elise, it's awesome to be here. And uh, it's great to see you in New York. I know it's like you come to L.A. and I come to New York. And the last couple of times we just missed each other. So Passing ships. This has been um, passing stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I always start my podcast by introducing our listeners to you and to what you do and to you know, why we are even having this conversation in the first place, how our stars have aligned. Um, so if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners who you are and, and how you started doing all the things that you do. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, it's funny and uh, you and I often talk about like, oh, what do you what do you want to call yourself? And because I'm not <clears throat> just a numerologist, I mean, overall, I'm a mystic, but it's been my background since I was a teenager, all in the Western mystery tradition. So sort of hermetic magic, ceremonial magic, um, and mystical Kabbalah through the lens of that tradition um, as a spiritual practice. So numerology for me, which is sort of maybe how I'm a little more kind of known in the world, but I'm really like a tarot person. I'm also an astrologer with the, my background with the Kabbalah. And this is Kabbalah with a Q. I always sort of delineate that because it's a little bit of a different tradition. And Kabbalah with a Q, Q-A-B-A-L-A-H, um, is the hermetic magical sort of I guess, viewpoint, but um, that's going to incorporate all of those practices. So it all on an abstract level is sort of all numerology, but it's the same process through all of these different divinations, whether I'm using astrology, whether I'm using I Ching, numerology, uh, tarot. But the numbers for me are a very fluid way to sort of permeate the secret language that can really unfold. So, um, you know, like, and I know, for example, I know you're a, a tarot person too. I, I know, like, on the surface, yeah, you're an astrologer, you're known more as an astrologer, but, you know, anybody listening, these are not separate practices. I don't know a real astrologer isn't a tarot person. I don't know a tarot person is not an astrologer. I don't know a numerologist. And even if you're not as familiar, hey, what does the number seven mean? Um, you know, if as an astrologer, you're still using that because right off the bat, you're going to say seven, seventh house. Oh, Libra. Oh, that's ruled by Venus. Oh, on the tree of life and Kabbalah. Then I'll reference it through numerology and say, oh, well, seven is Netzach on the tree, which translates as victory, which just so happens to be the planetary attribution of Venus. So these numbers really, all these different traditions, I think all of these mystery traditions are coming out of one tradition, like from a millennia, million, what, not a million, who knows, since like the dawn of consciousness for all I know. Yeah. And that's also, I guess, one of the other delineations is the magic with a K, right? That's also all embedded within practicing magic, not like 
pulling a rabbit out of the hat, even though I actually also know that that is also part of your forte, which right. happens <laughs> to be very cool. That Liz, that Neptune midheaven shit right. that you have yeah. going on. I like to do people. <laughs> <laughs> but in uh, aside from Remington's past, which is, I know, um, colorful, um, Magic with a K is really the embodiment of all of these things. It's correspondences. It's being able to create these links and see these synchronicities as they move through our own world and we move through them as well. Um, I think that when one becomes, I, I recently have been just sort of reinstating over and over again this concept of there are no coincidences. And that is correspondences in and of itself is that everything that is happening has a link that is greater than whatever the exact experience is. Um, and here we are either approaching it maybe through astrology as the initial lens or numerology or tarot, but we're just connecting the dots and we're trying to find whatever the best way is um, to access that. That's exactly what I would say. And, and you know, when I was sort of formally learning numerology or Kabbalah, which is also a system of uh, gematria, so we'll look at letters and words and colors and everything like that. But the first sort of teaching is literally there are no coincidences. You know, I think the human mind wants it all to be categorized so efficiently like a, a perfect, easy spreadsheet. But these teachings go so much deeper than that. Like when I do a, a reading with somebody, I will pull up their chart. because For me, I like it in the background and it's like a cheat tool. But it becomes a very sort of poetic, fluid process and a very meditative process where there's something in of itself of just doing that practice and starting to look at the numbers that opens something in my psyche where it just becomes a higher sort of channel. So these numbers, um, you know, if you have a seven soul or something, or you have a 10 soul or a, a um, five life path. Those are, there's some key things that that means just like, like five, for example, is often an energy of a teacher. It's a very assertive energy. It's a corrector. It's Mars is the planetary attribution. So it's like direct, it cuts to the chase. It, it's symbolized by a sword, um, like cutting away that, which like, you know, a real teacher will help you cut away that which gets in the way and impedes your true destiny, whatever it is, even if we're studying jewelry making, right? They're going to guide and correct and trim away so you're better. But it's that that fluid process in that art form. I really see it more as an art form that will just open up a deeper understanding, whether I'm working with a client or really so much of it is what is the message for you? Like my most common daily basis uh, on throughout the day is like people message me usually on Instagram, like I'm seeing these particular numbers. What does it mean? I'm seeing this. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Like on a, on a high notion, it means nothing. <laughs> okay. Meaning that like it just, the the specific number has a message, but it's really what's the message for you? So what's it about? So even those of you listening, maybe you see, I'm looking at the clock, 236, right? Like maybe you see 236 for whatever reason everywhere. Well, start to like, start to just free associate. Like 
in a in a real easy way, everybody can be a numerologist, and it's well, okay. Is it twenty three? Is it the number six? We can add all of that together. Five and six is eleven. Is there some message? Maybe when you were eleven, something happened to you. You know, your parents got divorced, and you're always seeing uh, those those numbers or that frequency in some weird setting. Like you have enough, and I want those of you listening, like you have enough to start that process. And if you get poetic about it, and I feel like even when I look at an astrology chart, yes, I have good knowledge. And then when I don't know enough, I'm, I'm texting you <laughs> um, because it helps to get insight because you're working with astrology day in and day out. And then just like astrology and numerology, it's these archetype stories. So numerology in and of itself is its own mythology. Right. So, um, but I think it it just opens up something in me that I'm able to maneuver and say, hey, these are here's some things about you. Here's a story about you. Or if it's me, like the messages that I'm getting. Um, so I, I don't mind getting the messages. I don't get back to everyone where it's like, what's the specific meaning? Because if you're seeing numbers where it's it really is specific like what what do those numbers mean for you i don't right. necessarily know what they mean you may see the number 4 everywhere and that's the heart chakra and it's hesed which is mercy in hebrew and it's all about the planet jupiter actually and it's kind of this loving abundant kindness of of the of nature you know so is it a message saying um like I need to be tone it down, be a little more loving and self-care, or maybe I need to be caring to other people. Maybe I'm being too lazy. So you always have to look at that perspective. You know, I, I always welcome um, questions because questions, I am in the, you know, I do what I do because I question everything. So questions are fabulous, but with these messages that come through, I don't mean the karmic messages, I mean the ones that come into that other DM box of mine, where people are like, what does this mean for me? It's like, baby, like, you know, I don't know. There's so much more information that I am going to need to help you figure out what this means for you than me just seeing your random Instagram user name and whatever tiny bit of information you just shared to put together this whole narrative for your life. This is a, you know, I always say to my clients, we're in dialogue. This is a conversation. I'm going to see and interpret these symbols um, that have these certain archetypes and these mythologies. But this is, you know, 1% nature and 99% of this is nurture. This is your story. And these are the things that have happened to you. And we're going to now work together to create this thread between these mystical properties that I have knowledge in and then your real life experiences that you can bring to the table. Um, it's, it really has to be a dialogue. It has to be a collaborative effort. I guess it doesn't have to be if you're just sort of an academic and you're just writing about these concepts theoretically, but if you're trying to figure out what do these numbers mean for me, what does this full moon mean for me? Like we have to work together to figure it out. Yeah. 100 million percent. And, and that's the thing. So it's like each one of us has our specific sort of 
mission, a destiny, our lessons, the things we're trying to work through as an individual. Like I have my own personal hangups and issues or whatever it is, or things that I've worked on and worked out through a lot of my life and new stuff to develop. And, um, you know, my personal thing, you know, just to sort of really reiterate what you're saying is I'll do a numerology chart because it, it's a little cleaner and simpler than astrology chart because astrology really was it like every four minutes, it's going to be a little different, right? Mm -hmm. um, or thereabouts. And, um, you know, numerology, I'm looking at placements, I'm looking at seven numbers on your chart. I've done numerology charts that are identical. There's a different message. Mm -hmm. There's a different leaning you have like I've also done charts and numerology and astrology for identical twins and completely different messages. Sure, there's like a lot. Twins are interesting to me, yeah, especially with astrology. Totally, but there'll be a few minutes apart, and you'll see like the differences. They're not exact. They're they're two identical people, but then there are these these similarities that are interesting, but they manifest through sort of different different personalities, different people. And, and that's the thing. It isn't just, I guess, the overall point we're getting to in a roundabout Gemini-style way is um, they, it's a message for the individual. You know, four that I'm seeing everywhere is going to mean something different to me than different to you than different to every single person listening. Right. But that's why I always say it's, it's an artistic, fluid process. Right. Right? Like, you can... You take the same five musicians, and you could they could play the same five notes, but all of them have a different frequency and a different energy in which that's going to come through. Right. You know, I always think like musicians too that often become profoundly successful and are on this world stage. They often they just play those notes in a way that just resonates with the psyche on a much deeper, more subtle level. Right, and you know if. Every month we, you know, have a massive drop of monthly horoscopes, right? This wasn't the case a few years ago, but things have changed. And now, you know, Pop-Tarts has monthly horroscopes dropping every month, too. So Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I've heard it had Pop-Tarts. Wow, I don't know. Okay. I don't. I actually, unfortunately, Pop-Tarts are not part right, of my well, grocery list. But um, <clears throat> you can hire me for the numerology. <laughs> I want to do numerology Pop-Tarts. <laughs> but, you know, what is the difference? Why would somebody read, you know, a Susan Miller's horoscope? Or why would they read my horoscope, which I hope you do read my horoscope from Cosmopolitan? Or why would you I read? Do. Thank you. But, you know, why do we read certain horoscopes? And it's because because ultimately the planets that we're looking at are the exact same planets, right? The the energies that we're going to be describing, we're all looking at the same exact month ahead, but it's the interpretation. It's the narrative. It's the story that the astrologer or the numerologist or the tarot reader is telling with that data. So this is why, you know, um, apps are just, you know, they're cool gateway drugs into astrology or into that. tarot or numerology, but they're algorithms. You know, somebody wrote your daily horoscope on an app eight months ago, right? Because they looked, because they, you could look at the planets way into the future and be like, okay, if this energy combines with that energy, boom, there you go. But that's not really what this work is about. This work is so creative and so physical and so tangible. It's really about um, 
using your own resources, your own storytelling capabilities, your own imagination to say, to think outside the box and say, okay, if I know that we have Saturn who's symbolizing the patriarchy, the father figure, and it's showing up in your first house, is it that you had a really strict father figure or did you have to assume the role of a father figure at a really young age because you had a mom who was flying off the handles, you know? We work together to see what the story is and no app can, no algorithm can do that. It's not algorithmic. Yeah, or even a book, you know, people, and I'm Yeah, like, totally. My book, I've been... <laughs> It's on route to the editor now. So That's exciting. The numerology book, really wanted out like in the earlier part of next year is really my goal. But um, we needed a good numerology book. And and again, like even and I'm gonna sincerely say like I'm a, an authentic, real source because a lot, so many of the messages I get, especially with numbers, are like, "Well, what does it mean?" I looked it up online, and there's 50 million things. Right. Everybody's just making shit up, right? I mean, there's like that woman, she's a super famous writer with um, adoring virtue. I hope you don't mind if I'm. Totally calling people out on this show. Oh, no, but, please. Um, well, she, what I heard too is later in life, she just gave it all up. It was like, I'm a born again Christian or whatever. So, um, but she just made up angel numbers and these definitions. And I've read some of her stuff and I'm like, this shit's just not from a perspective of anything that's like ancient or holds an authentic spiritual space. Astrology is our spiritual teachings to me you know, that come in the form of astrology charts. But um, even like when you're looking up definitions or you're looking up astrology, like, all right, Pluto in, you know, the third house or something like that, like take that sort of broad concept, but then you have to use your creativity and your imagination to say, well, what does this mean for me? Right. To me, it's like not that different than cooking. Like you're taking these base sort of ingredients or flavor profiles but what happens when you mix it up? Right. You know? I think that's a great metaphor for it because it really is. Everyone can get a recipe, but not everyone is going to deliver a good meal. Yeah. And it's like you could just say, okay, we have tomatoes here and black pepper. Okay. Like that tastes like something, but then it's up to you to be like, well, I have a base of tomatoes, but I'm going to add black pepper and then more things. And now I'm making salsa. Are we going to start the great mystical bake-off? Yes, totally. <laughs> the salsa um, slash tomatoes. You have one time. death card. You, <laughs> you, you have one mercury natal retrograde. <laughs> that would actually be a great idea. You're a life path four. <laughs> well, you know, I've taught some astrology. Like when I, and I don't, I don't know astrology at the level you do because astrology can go deep but sometimes I'll teach an astrology class but it's super basic like the first house is Aries here's the symbol for Aries Aries is about self you know because that's for a lot of people that's just where they're at but I had someone take the class and they're like they work in in Hollywood they work in in film they have a this person has a really good sense of story they were trained in story they help write on films and things like that and they were by far the best and they didn't know anything about astrology and they were able to start reading astrology charts sort of right off the bat because they got these archetype concepts mm -hmm. mercury communication blah 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 then with this type of personality next to Mars, like, and they, they got a sense of the story of it all and they could really tell, oh, this is what this character would be like in a film. Totally. Like, I get it. So um, let it be a, like, storytelling art. 
Um, a lot of people get afraid of numerology because they're like triggered, especially like artsy spiritual people, quote unquote, or like I'm triggered by numbers. And I'm like, all right, do you enjoy good, tasty food and getting laid? <laughs> right? Everyone's like, uh, yes. <laughs> Everyone's like, I, I thought hope. we were talking about numbers. <laughs> and there's the number seven. Right. Like, so don't don't be afraid of numbers. It's not especially numbers is not math, even astrology, which if, even for me, I'm like, oh, man, it gets complicated. Um, and uh, but don't let it be so scientific. Like, yeah, there's a process and there's structure and things like that. But uh, numerology especially is so that can if you can add five plus two plus three, like that, that's about as much as you're, you really have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's art, you know? So in your practice now, how, what is, what does a day in your life look like? I know you've been traveling a lot. Are you still doing in, and you've been doing a lot of workshops. Are you still doing in-person sessions? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I had do. I have clients all over the world. Um, I do them in person, like actually physically, like in LA. Um, but most of the work I do with people is, um, you know, uh, virtually, like FaceTime or Skype or Zoom or whatever. Um, so, like my usual day would be something. Well, I always get up. I pick a card for Instagram. You also wake up at like the crack of dawn. I get up pretty early yeah. because usually I, yeah, I'm, I'm like starting my day and it's like, you know, eight 30 or nine. And then the next thing I know, I have a notification that like Remington's going live and I'm like, what the fuck time <laughs> is it in LA? <laughs> um, and my time in LA, I'm usually picking the card by like seven, seven 30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, That's what I thought. <laughs> um, but then I come on the East coast and I quickly adjust. Although I, I slept till nine 30 today, which was like super late for me. I'm just up. I have a lot of Mars, like or a lot of first house. Right. So I'm like up and ready to go. I'm moving along. Um, but I'll pick a card. So start your morning with Remington. <laughs> yes. So follow my Instagram and check for the daily card. Today was the chariot. Um, Ooh, Aries energy. Love it. And then I, I did a little full moon. That's post, perfect. Aries full moon post uh, just because. Uh, but I kept it really brief. But I'm saying it now because I don't think anybody's getting it because I'm like, it's Aries. Aries energy doesn't want to sit around and read a like a bio like a whole novel on Instagram. Um, but I'll I pick a card and I always treat that as part of my spiritual practice. And then and it's sort of it's fun and I love to share that with the world. I'll often do my own personal reading. Like I look at four cards and I do a spread that's four cards where I look in the world of fire, water, air, and earth. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is also how I was taught to do it and it's how I teach people. So instead of like the regular sort of three card. I do a four card because then the element of fire, and I'm sure a lot of you listening are very uh, into astrology. Astrology and tarot are completely connected. Um, and uh, so I look at that world of fire, which is sort of my highest spirituality and you know career potentially, but it's this sort of higher sort of generative area, right? It's not, it's maybe in, in the ethers, but it's the spark of, of sort of life and energy and potential, you know, like a lot of people don't think in terms of career is fire, money is earth, but it's the career that generates the money. It's, it's the career itself has no money 
value. Right. Um, it's just the generative force. And then I look, so I kind of assess what's happening in that world. And then I look at the, the um, water and I sort of, that's my emotions, my creative. There's, you know, all of these just have our potential ideas. So, yeah, maybe it's just how I'm emotionally being affected by something, but maybe it's deep creative art sparked by this divine inspiration. And then air is our more intellectual. In Kabbalah, though, we look at that world, we also say sickness, health, and depression because the viewpoint is sickness, health, and depression ultimately stem from something in the mind. Um, but often it just might be thinking, strategy, logistics, blah, blah, blah. Like I'll see like a, a, a card. A, a, I don't like to say shitty card, but some, you know, I'll see. I know, like, but we're, we're spilling tea now. Nine of swords, <laughs> you know, cruelty in the deck that I use, but this despair and angst and resentment in my mind. And, you know, I'm like, I'll keep an eye out there. And I'm like, maybe I'm not going to work on writing the book or something. And then I look in the earth. So I just like physical, tangible reality. So, and I, I always ask, please give me further insight to help me with my day. So it's not just so if I get a quote unquote negative card, it's just saying, hey, these are you wanted insight. This isn't a, a, a future telling exercise. It's it's more how do I maneuver my day? Like my viewpoint with doing readings is always how, how do you help the person or if I'm reading for myself to maneuver through the situation. So I'll do my own reading. Then I usually see clients and then I'm putting together a lot of workshops. I'm really uh, liking teaching a lot more. So I'm in New York because I taught a numerology for business at some place at something called the Rama business school. And it's all sort of spiritual teachings around being a fucking badass in business. That's great. Which I utilize is I also teach Kundalini yoga, but I really combine the two. And I really like that tradition as well as the magical tradition because it's super pro success in the world. So all this, all this fucking bullshit um, about like spirituality and no money and all this stuff is just, that's an old dead paradigm that needs to be erased from everybody's psyche, especially I'd imagine a lot of the people listening do some sort of spiritual work are really sensitive, open-minded. And I don't mean just, Oh, I'm going to make my living teaching. I just mean like if you're starting an venture capitalist firm, how do you use these energies to create more success in that that realm. So this was a really cool course, but I've just been putting together a lot more online content. And my sort of forte is um, teaching through this lens of Kabbalah slash numerology. I pull on astrology because those are great archetype things. So if we're dealing with Aries energy, like if I did a workshop today, I would then also be talking about there's a lot of Aries cards, the emperor's Aries, you know, two of wands is Aries. You know, a lot of people don't know that in the fire signs, or I should say for every sign in the tarot, like, or every card, every element, um, just like astrology, there's, you know, there's fire cards, there's water cards, there's earth cards, air cards. Like, for example, two, three, and four are of the elements are all the cardinal signs. So two of ones, three of ones, four of ones are all Aries cards. Then five of wands, six of wands, seven of wands or cups are the fixed signs. So in this case, those are all Leo. And then the eight, nine and 10 are the mutable. I've been working with tarot for since literally as a three year old. 
And I only learned this or put this together and discovered this, even though it has been right in front of my face this whole time, only a few years ago. Well, you use the Thoth deck, right? Yes. So the Thoth deck is Alistair. I always feel like I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I say Crowley. Is it Crowley? As an American, I say Alistair Crowley. But if you get around a bunch of Crowley people they're like Crowley. Okay, so Al- Crowley. so I'm as an American I'm okay to say, to say I'm okay to say Crowley. I say it that way but um so Mr Mr Crowley Crowley um created the Thoth deck um based on the Hermetic deck that have you seen the golden the the, the that black and white um, oh, the Hermetic Tarot. The Hermetic yeah, Tarot I have deck. That one. Yeah, I think that that's really cool because that one is they they've basically recreated what the they thought they believe the original OG tarot deck to be is and that is where then Rider Waite came from um and then Crowley created the Thoth deck from but the OG one is this golden uh this hermetic order of the golden dawn deck that's a black and white deck and in it it has the it goes even a step further with the because in the Thoth deck you have the planet and the sign that are yeah. embedded in the imagery, and in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn deck you also have um, the element and you also have an aspect in there as well, which is bonkers to me because it's just adding so much. Well, it's yeah. adding so many layers into the equation. I actually like that deck for teaching, and I'll often recommend it to people because it just lays out the aspects so in tarot for example i'll stick in this aries theme like the um three of wands is sun and aries but all threes in the tarot come from an area on the tree of life called bina and bina is the third sephiroth on the tree and that is attributed to saturn and the number three it's the color is black all threes come from that realm, this dimension of existence. And so now you can start to tell a little deeper story because we have the sort of the cooking mix of we have fire flavor because it's a wands. Well, we have Aries flavor because it's Aries. We have the sun. So this is like a bright, sunny, fiery card, but all in coming from the world of, of Saturn and which is authority and ability and work ethic. And, you know, I always say it's the taskmaster. So right now you mix all those flavors together and you're like, Oh, this is a story about, you could really get some stuff done. Right. With a single card. Yeah, exactly. And the, the Crowley called it virtue. Um, there's other traditional titles. Crowley just kind of reworked the English in it. I kind of wish those cards didn't have any, any words on them, especially when I teach, cause I want people to really see it visually, but the card is really bright. It's assertive, but it's righteous. It's, it's virtuous. So it's like, what is, what is the lessons of Aries energy, which is ruled by Mars, like right action. That's how I always see it. Like, Hey, we're taking right action. I also have a personal, I think Mars has been really misused by a paradigm of a destructive construct that is the world as we know it. Same thing with Saturn. So it's my job to make Mars less violent and Saturn less of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I you know I'm like Saturn's favorite daughter. I'm like, uh, Saturn is my daddy. I I love Saturn. In fact, 
breakthrough right now. Maybe I wish my own father was a little more Saturn. Come to think of it, I think well, I just had a therapy like breakthrough. Parents, I do have artsy parents. I, yeah, I had hippie artsy parents, and. I wanted more structure yeah. and discipline in my life. Where is uh, your Saturn? Sure. Fourth house. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mine <laughs> is in the 12th. <laughs> Mine's um, missing. <laughs> it's right. It just absolved the ethers of confusion. Yeah. Um, you have you you hold a good Saturn. Plus, I know you're a Saturn Capricorn, so that's a boss energy. And boss, I, I yeah. do. From the sidelines from L.A., I'm always watching all the work you're doing. I'm always like, damn, you're like killing it. But um, yeah, but my truth is, is that I'm really just a watery 12th house Saturn. Well, I <laughs> know that super uh, <laughs> spiritual side of you. Um <laughs> But so the tarot, though, you, now we're mixing. Okay, we have nice Saturn authority. We have the, you know, so that's your kind of your right work. So Saturn really says, hey, what's my, perp what do I want to do with my life? Right. And when you've aligned that, that work ethic Saturn, not just like showing up and going to work, but what am I building? Right. With that fiery get up and go of right action of Aries, that's the energy. And then you have the sun mixed in it, which is really going to brighten it up. So in that one card tells this whole story. Um, if it were the four of wands, um, now we're getting a slightly different story. And that's going to be um, this card known as like completion. The Rider White deck sort of shows it looks like family-like, but it's about this, these energies coming together. And that, I know that that's Venus and Aries. But all cards that are all fours come from Hesed on the tree of life, which is ruled by Jupiter, which also Hesed means mercy. So if you look, if those of you that are tarot readers out there, and I encourage everyone, if you're not a tarot reader, I'm not saying go, you have to go be a professional tarot reader, but get a tarot deck, start looking at astrology. Do you think that people need to be gifted their first deck? Absolutely a thousand percent not. Yeah. I get that message a lot. Yeah. I'm really glad you're asking that. Honestly, my humble opinion, my my opinions aren't that humble, actually. I have You're to like, actually, who, why am I saying this is humble? No, I do. I mean, it's not like I'm, I've been taught and I have teachers and I, today I still <laughs> That's have a good point. teachers. Yeah. So I'm not just like, um, I say that sort of facetiously, but um, you don't have to agree with me, but the... Um, I feel like that, the whole gift idea, is some inadvertent dark force that keeps people away from ever getting a deck or discovering what they want. The true teaching, as I've been taught, is a thousand percent, not only is it okay for you to get your deck, you're supposed to get your own deck because you need to allow yourself to just go for the deck. Find a, a 78 card, like a true tarot deck, one that you love. Right, I use the Thoth deck. I love it. I've had that deck since I was three years old, maybe younger, but I have memories as a three-year-old playing with that deck. And then I found a teacher. That's the deck I was taught in. Overall, it's because that's the deck that I love. Um, but I own a, like a lot of decks because I like to use them. I, I like to study them. I, I enjoy them. Um, and you, them. you introduced me to Marcella Kroll's Oracle card deck. She's oh. been on the podcast. Oh, she wait. How did I totally miss that? 
Uh, well, I don't know. She's my friend in LA I know. too. What? All right, I'm gonna give a shit. Both <laughs> shit, or I'm just an idiot and did not notice because I'm usually tracking everything you do. I'm well, totally stalking I'm, we're, you. We're moving. <laughs> I'm stalking you on the astral plane. <laughs> well, um, yeah, Marcel, you introduced me to uh, her sacred symbol deck, I and I, I love that. I one. don't really fuck with oracle decks usually, but that Neither deck is so incredible marcella's episode is phenomenal we talk all about breaking ancestral curses it's a great listen um sort of meta plug for my I'll, own podcast but i'll also <laughs> plug it because i'm not only friends with her it's the only non-tarot deck that i actually use not just just tinker with like oh these are kind of fun i actually will incorporate it into my readings and stuff um but you see, even with all of that, even with the tarot, we, even with the astrology, we start, it all can, you know, on another level can all come back to numerology. Um, so it's always this fluid process. That's why I really work with, with, with all of it. Um, but at my core, like tarot is really where it all came out of for me. Um, but yeah, just pick a deck you love. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, tarot really is a specific structure, a 78-card structure. Find an actual tarot deck. There's a million angel card, oracle, this and that. Um, but no matter what, like, you know, you and I could sit here and we're in a little studio in Brooklyn. Um, and we can take some things around or open up one of these books that are on the shelves and ask a question. We could still divine into that. Yes. You know, so it's not tarot in of itself – as my teacher said, and I'll, I always do this when I teach a tarot class, like what, like what are tarot cards? And I, I get these profound, deep answers, and it's like they're pieces of cardboard. Mm -hmm. Like, so don't let the card in and of itself be the thing that you think is powerful. Well, this is the same theory that I really try to emphasize about any object that we deem sacred. You know, any. I know that in your apartment you have some gorgeous fucking crystals, oh, yeah. but crystals for me are, I think, really quite beautiful aesthetically, but they're one of those things that I always am very trepidatious about because the crystal itself can be a beautiful object and they certainly are these tools that could be sort of mini USB drives where they're very receptive to I like that. your energy but they are truly not more energetic than any other object that you would want to treat as a precious object. It's just that they have a certain reverence that you attach to them very naturally because it's a crystal and it looks beautiful and it looks magical. But you can attach that same reverence to any physical object and put your intentionality in it and create a relationship with it. And then that could be the physical manifestation of of your intent. Oh, totally. And, and, um, well, I mean, I love the crystals, like in a lot of it, they just look good and feel good to me. Right. Plus people, I work out of my house and it looks cool for what I do not to like break any illusions, but it just sort of adds to it and it adds to the drama, <laughs> and I, but I enjoy it. Right. Cause my, um, you know, it's I always joke like it's my shtick, but I don't have a shtick. It's just sort of me and and what I like and enjoy, and that's what I share. But um, yeah, don't let a crystal will hold like naturally sort of has this energy. 
Um, but then a lot of it, like I've seen crystals for sale at Target, and they're they're <laughs> dead. They're like have less energy than my cell phone covers, loaded with energy because this is with me twenty four seven. Have you ever had someone hand you their keys? It's like all of a sudden you get the most in depth read of that person's soul, and either you're like, oh, okay, but like, um, that's a good keys point. Keys really cool. hold a lot. So crystals are just one of those things they can hold energies. But, you know, I was actually joking with someone, you know, I was teaching numerology for business at this um, whole program. It's totally packed. It's all people meditating, doing yoga. Everybody's really into crystals. I mean, I'm literally wearing crystals around my neck. Um, But people get so caught up. They're like, look at this. They're like, it's two crystals together. (laughs) Right. And they're like, it's like, this is a twin flame crystal. And I'm like, well, you know how I feel about uh, flames. Well, let's get into that. But I was like, it's geology. <laughs> That's why those two stones are together. Like, even as a numerologist, you can go on the deep end of such a narrative of like every everything does have meaning. But at some point, like I want to get from fucking point A to point B. I think one of the greatest things you can have and tools for success is to have sort of a, a some goal in mind, a projection and an ability to carry that through. And if perhaps you'll encounter obstacles and I like astrology and all this stuff to maneuver that. And sometimes you just know, Hey, okay, this was a great idea, but it's, it wasn't the right one and, and whatever, but having some power of projection and authority over your life. And I, that's where I always make fun of Pisces I'm always, they're always, it's like this sign that's always, this energy field that's always looking for so much meaning and everything. You just sort of get lost in your purpose. And um, I'm just super direct and practical about it all. Well, the interesting thing about Pisces' search for meaning and purpose is that that's also, you know, in some way it's, it's very refreshing because it's such a one-to-one whereas Virgo which is actually more of like the you know let me do the math of this let me have everything organized and everything functional that's on the same axis as Pisces so it really is Virgo that's the one who's like but wait this doesn't compute like this doesn't line up whereas Pisces is like I'm feeling it I'm flowing in it and Virgo is the one who's like I'm trying to make sense of this so that I can find purpose. Poor Virgo. <laughs> I know. I it's know. It's a hard sign. It's actually. a tough one. It's it, a tough one because the ultimately, like the 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 highest vibration of of a Virgo is being able to sort of innovate and transcend those structures and those systems. Uranus is the higher octave of Mercury, so there's a relationship between Virgo and Uranus, which is kind of wild to think about because we would never. You know, Uranus like hates the rules, breaking structures down, trying to like start a revolution. And Virgo's like, whoa, 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 we wake up at six. Like, we don't wake up at 8 p.m. Like, <laughs> but Uranus is like, fuck it. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Well, but I've, there is a relationship between knowing the rules and breaking the rules. And I think that that's a lot of what the feedback is that goes on there, too. Well, and I think. Two, it's what's good is like all of these different signs, and it's I love to make fun of of different signs, and I've all I'll make fun of everybody, but um, uh, for some reason Gemini, Virgo, and Pisces are the ones that all the mutable ones. So something about myself. Well, I'm loaded with Aquarius and Scorpio, 
So I'm like rigid in my yeah, so you're like, no I, rules. You're I'm like, rigid. I'm a fixed bitch. Like exactly. <laughs> all that mutable shit, get out of here. I think that's going to be my new Instagram handle, <laughs> fixed bitch. <laughs> With a strong inner princess. Um, you know, one astrologer friend of mine said, when you look at signs that trigger you somehow, even if you're, you know, I'm joking around. I, all signs, all numbers, it's all equal. And it's what I teach. Um but there's always a good, like, what what is it about that sign within yourself? I have a shit ton of Aquarius, if you recall, in my chart. And um, I don't, like, end in the first house. Not only do I, I want no rules. And I don't want to be told what to do. You know, even here, I'm like, are you, you're holding me hostage. Why are you talking <laughs> to me? Not really. But, I mean, that's like a way, in certain situations, that's where my head's going. Um but I really like that insight. It's actually really helpful to me for Virgo, where um, Virgo, there is an authenticity and, and a spiritual devotion and an angelic purity that really is very elevated. And like we need that. And we need that as individuals and we need that for the world. Um, but we use all of these signs. You know, when people, and you probably, I know you talk about this, but people probably come up to you all the time like, oh, well, I don't have any Pisces in my chart or something. I'm like, um, you do. You have all of these signs. <laughs> you have all of these planets. Um, and we have to use all of these energies. Like yes. I just did this class last night about numerology for business. And yeah, like you, I've looked at your numerology chart. You have a lot of eights and nines, which really you're just a transcendent mystic healer. Like you're, I know, I know you, you always your, call me out. <laughs> yeah. Like you're like super high vibe spiritualist. I know you like to front all your Capricorn, which is real. <laughs> but I know you. Um, <laughs> It's very transcendent and uh, there's very deep, very abstract, but it's a healer. You also have all these eights. That's a healer. Well, you know, so, I also I do think that kind of everyone who's doing this work is drawn to it for a reason. And a lot of the reason that we do this work is because it's a portal to heal ourselves, you know, micro macro. Like for me, I, I, I found astrology and I found sort of taking ownership of this work um, at a time when I deeply needed to find another language that allowed me to sort of understand my realities at when the languages of just normal society weren't cutting it anymore. Um, and then that learning that language has allowed me to help teach other people that language. And everybody is like, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship between clients and self. We're all like healing each other constantly. Um, profoundly so. And I, it's weird. I'm glad you're saying that too, because in my mind, I don't go around. I know the work that I do definitely helps people. And I have a lot of interest in people are really wanting to partake and people want more and want me to share more. And they, they really... Um, are using it to advance their lives. And, and I never think, oh, in a way that I'm a healer. Um, but I, that is, it's, it's what we're doing. And, you know, I got into it because it's the thing that I love, but it's also because I wanted to learn more about myself, my destiny, my purpose. And now I get to share that. Um, and, and you probably find this too, like, one of my greatest joys, and I'm very I mean this in such a humble and such a sincere way. But when I meet with somebody, and then I, you know, a week later, whatever it is, sometimes I get messages 
several years later that are like, I re-listened to your reading and all of this evolved, but where um, recently someone messaged me a lot of their issues through that I could tell and, and, and so much about where are your personal blocks and wounds and things like that. Sometimes just hearing it from somebody else, like this person had a lot of money stuff, deep core value, self-worth issues. Um, I think it was off the top of my head, I'd even say like Chiron and Taurus, but then a lot of the other numbers and then the way the cards laid out. And somehow through that reading or for this person to hear that opened up something that really just came down to her assessing the true value of herself and her true worth in a very deep way. Something in her frequency changed. She started making like, it was like record money since then every week. And then she just messaged me saying how <clears throat> she just all like out of the blue, there was a mysterious sum of money through some like inheritance thing. It, it all was like a legal snafu. And then it was like, oh, there's been this like secret account that nobody knew about. Whoa, that's wild. And um, which would be interesting. There's probably some Pisces, Neptune, I would say Scorpio some eighth house in there. Yeah, some, oh, yeah. Inheritance, eighth house other people's money. Um, but it, I don't like, I did nothing to create that legal thing, but something in her psyche opened up or she was allowing herself to have more money, right? Money. I see so many core wounds on money more, almost sometimes more than, um, uh, like love, but, um, it was so exciting for me to hear that she had those breakthroughs and now is not going to bed stressed Well, let me ask money. you, is one of your <clears throat> core wounds money? In the past, that's something that I definitely worked on for sure. Because I do find that oftentimes people come to specific healers or mystics, you know, there's there are no coincidences, right? So somebody coming to you to sort of free or expand their psychic space involving money and monetary uh, worth is going to come to somebody who has also found healing for him or herself through that same device as well. And that is always fascinating to me. I find so often that the things that I'm working on with my clients are mirrors of things that I have either experienced in the past or that I have had recent cycles through where I then was like, no, actually, I'm, I'm sort of reframing this and then have someone comes to me with an issue where I'm like, oh, actually, yes, of course we can speak to this because this is something that, you know, these are healing properties that are are happening on this collective conscious, right? Like people are choosing to work with me for specific reasons. People are choosing to work with you for specific reasons. And that's really fucking cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to make it clear too, because I've, I've gone to readers that they're only looking through their own personal subjective lens. So they had some whatever, financial wound, love wound, something like that. Um, I'm very open, very objective, but yeah, that's probably a lot of, for some reason, a lot of people come to me, a lot of career stuff. I also do a lot of been really growing and doing more work with, um, people that run pretty big companies with CEOs of, of pretty large firms, um, wanting business guidance through these tools. And I think that's an area that's growing that people are sincerely open to because it, it, because it works. I do this stuff because it works. 
like not because it's some interest academia philosophy. Like I see tangible real results and people see tangible real results. But yeah, that's definitely why probably people come to me. But have you ever noticed too when people come and it's like they clearly psychically get a sense, oh, this person probably can help me with that. Um, where you go through a phase where all of a sudden it's like every chart you look at has a highly tenanted sixth house or oh, yeah. every it's- single person's born. I went through a phase of 89s, all Saturn Capricorn, all the Saturn returns happening. All now. of us. <laughs> all, I've done every single reading for every single person born in 1989. And that's like been, and lately, but or that little cluster of the Capricorn Neptune. Um, Uranus. Yeah. Uranus in Capricorn little little or a little wedge there. yeah but i always feel like you're a, a really interesting groove because now i've been looking at so many charts but like do you find that how or like all of a sudden for a week everyone is like everything's like in the first house or there's some other something congruent that that you notice yeah yeah i mean it's it's amazing i mean it's it it's so frequent and it's such a real phenomenon that it's like it's almost comical because i by the end of, you know, if I'm doing multiple sessions in a day or if I have, uh, you know, if I'm doing a lot of back to back, it's like, (laughs) it's like, and yes, you are the fourth new moon person I am talking to today, or you are the fourth Leo rising I am talking to. And it's not as fun for them, of course, because they don't give a fuck. But (laughs) for me, it's like, this is crazy. What do you, but what are you guys all teaching me? You know, why are you guys all coming to me with your Leo rising, right? What is a message that I'm receiving as well from having clients too? You know, it's, I don't see myself as being outside of the conversation. I see myself as participating in it. Um, And that I think is, is why it's, you know, building and creating those relationships is something that's lifelong. Um, Obviously, you know, there's boundaries that need to be created between yourself and your clients. It, you know, it, there has to be for your emotional and energetic protection. But when you work with clients year after year, you get to know them really personally and they know you personally. And it really does become a bond that is so very special that there's really nothing like it. It's not like working with a therapist because you're not seeing them every week. It's like you're seeing them at, with these big updates, these big milestones, you know? I have, I'd actually have some people that come to me every week, but see, uh, I would be, that would be overwhelming for me. <clears throat> a lot. Some of them though are, are students. So I'm teaching, oh, but, that, well, that's but different. I'm teaching them the techniques while also will often do little reads and things. So I really know what's happening with their lives, but it's been interesting to see like that course over time. Um, but I, then I work with people on a regular basis, not always every week, but just, you know, what's going on. And it makes it for me, it's a lot easier because I know their story. And um, then you really can, you can guide it. I, I'm, it's funny, because like, even though this is literally what I do for a living, it's been literally my life. And it's what I love to share with the world. I'm always like a little excited kid when I'm always getting the feedback and something worked out. It sorted out this crazy. You saw this in the cards. Totally. Of course it happened, which is always how it happens. But I never lose my sense of wonder or my gratitude and my excitement about like 
I'm like, oh yeah, that was totally right. Yet even though it sort of, it, it, it really is every time, but it, it's nice. It's like, it is, it's it, for me, it's way deeper than, than therapy because like, here's the solution. Let's move it along. But Nothing on therapists listening out there, but I have to be honest. Like I've had people that have come to me once and they're like, oh, that was just my last five years of therapy. We just summed it up. And and all of a sudden, something breaks in their psyche where they just stop going down that negative thought stream, whatever it is, whether it's like a Chiron Taurus money thing, like this recent, just because I've been getting a ton of messages, how all of a sudden this one person was able to build things up and I get those messages a lot for whatever the issue is. I don't know what it is, or maybe it's just the the way I, I share the work, but it just gets the ball going, you know? Yes. Um, that's what's really important to me. It's always the saying I always say, if it's not practical, it's not spiritual. Like if you can't put this into practice, I was taught very strictly and I had a teacher and I was taught in secret all within that, this realm. I have teachers within my yoga world that are my spiritual teachers and I'm very open about it. Um, but you know, when you're doing, and those of you that are starting to read for others, whatever the, whether it's I Ching, astrology, tarot, all of it, um, you have to always, the key things are don't speak in, in that language. Like I was taught never speak, speak as if someone has never heard the word Aries or, um, you know, the hanged man card, because it also makes you a better reader. I mean, we're talking about on this podcast and we, we know that, but also even when I teach, it makes me a better teacher. But the key thing is always leave the querent with a solution. Like, cause the reading isn't, oh, this is what's happening to you. From my perspective, the a reading is, well, what must you do? So, um, you know, I was describing this the other day when people are like, are there bad cards? And in a way, no, because those negative cards are going to come up, not just like a warning, like, oh, my God, you're fucked. Forget about it. You might as well give up on life. <laughs> it's the same as like a gas gauge, right? Like you, you, no one wants to drive a car without a gas gauge. Like no one's going to be like, well, I'm just – on the highway and I just, I, I don't want to know if my tank is almost empty. I really, I'd just rather run out of gas on the side of the road and be stranded and call AAA and et cetera. Like nobody would think that, but people are afraid of tarot and it's like, it's just, I was also afraid of gas stations in LA, but that's, <laughs> I'm afraid of the post office. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> as long as there's no post office card, thank God. Um, but it just is like shows, Hey, here, here's an area that needs some attention. Like you need to, you're going to have to go and get gas soon, even if it's a pain in the ass and you know, you can only afford to put $5 in your tank or whatever the case is. Hell yes. I have been there. <laughs> <laughs> so where can we find you Remington? I, uh, we obviously just need to catch up. Right. Well, at least <laughs> but, we can text each other. Yes. We know each other socially now. <laughs> but I do like to tell people, I just, I found you um, because of that's so retrograde. And I started looking in your Instagram and you had that one post about Osho and the transiting, it was like Jupiter transiting your 10th house. <laughs> and I literally like right then I was like, oh, this girl totally gets it. Because there's so much shit out there humbly saying there's a lot of fucking is this one really shit. humbly 
No, oh, no, there's a lot of dumb shit. Straight <laughs> up, I'm going to tell you. Uh, so Instagram, you can find me uh, It's um, at the Mystical Arts. And then my website is um, remingtondonovan.com or email me for reading inquiries, info at Remington Donovan. Um, those are those are the best ways. And I'm just going to plug my Instagram because um, I pick a card every day in stories. And it's yeah, really at the crack fun. of dawn, the crack of dawn <laughs> up in Virgo ruled Los Angeles. Um, just getting our spiritual organization on. <laughs> just getting it going. <laughs> Meditating. <laughs> um, and it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's sort of a cool community. And I also have something called the Prosperity Family that I do 40-day prosperity practices. And we have people all over the world sort of chipping in and being a part of it where I've done things from give a gift away every day to uh, this last one was get rid of something every day for 40 days. Was this also the no complaining one? Yeah. That doesn't work for New York. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the most challenging thing I've probably ever done in my life. I, I'm from a family of New Yorkers. Like, I'm born here. So it's like it, New York is in my DNA. I just choose to live in Los Angeles and get up at the crack of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, having this amazing chat. Everyone go follow Remington. And hopefully this is the first of many times we'll be able to put our heads together and and talk and oh, with, create something. Without a doubt. We look for us together in the future doing a couple <laughs> things. So it's happening. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks, Elizabeth.